This is found on page 516 and 17 of the Bible in your seats. Psalm 121. Just a couple of words about the Psalms before we come to the word this morning is oftentimes the Psalms have been described as medicine for our souls. In other words, as they provide uh, healing, help, uh, guidance as we live life in this world. Athanasius, one of the early church fathers in the early centuries of the church, said for any uh, trouble or need that we have, the Psalms provide the remedy for it. And here in our own times, Tim Keller says, every situation in life is represented in the book of Psalms. In other words, uh, the Psalms provide uh, solutions, help, guidance to all of the things, all the challenges that we face in this life. And that ends, in, and that solution ends with looking to God and trusting in Him and His provision and His ways. Trusting in Jesus. The Psalms have been called the songbook of God's people in the Old Testament of Israel. This was the, the book that Old Testament Israel used to worship the Lord. But even uh, the early church used the Psalms to worship. And even here today, the church still uses the Psalms in, the, in our worship services. We do that here at Trinity. This morning, our call to worship came from the Psalms. The songbook of God's people. As we turn our attention to Psalm 121 this morning that we'll read here in just a moment, this psalm that we're going to read is a song of confidence. In other words, it provides hope and encouragement, strength along the way for for God's people. Uh, Particularly in the context of this psalm as they travel to Jerusalem, to the tabernacle, to the temple, uh, to worship the Lord. But it's also a psalm... Uh, that we turn to many times when we're in need. It's one of those psalms that we may know uh, by heart. Uh, Just like Psalm 23, uh, the Lord is my shepherd. It's one of those psalms that we turn to when we need God's help, when we need that medicine for our souls that I spoke about earlier. And this particular psalm that we'll look at here in just a moment is a picture of God's care throughout all of our lives. And so in a congregation of some 200 plus people uh, like ourselves here this morning, I know that there are needs uh, that we have daily that we need. There, There are challenges, there are difficulties that we go through in life. And so I... My prayer this morning as we come to this psalm, that this psalm provides hope for you, encouragement, as we come to God's Word. And so with that said, let's turn to God's Word now. A song of ascents. I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord, who made heaven and earth. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is is your shade on your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. Let's pray now. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the Psalms. This medicine for the soul that you have given to your people uh, throughout the ages. And so, Lord, we do even pray now this morning that you would speak to us through your word, that you would reveal yourself to us, that you would give us encouragement and hope as we go back out from here this day. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. I don't want no help. He said, I'm doing all right by myself. Now, for those of you not from the South, that word HEP, spelled H-E-P, is southern slang for help. H-E-L-P. And these words, I don't need no HEP, 
I'm doing okay by myself, are the words of the misfit of one of the main characters in Flannery O'Connor's short story, A Good Man is Hard to Find, which I believe was discussed at one of our book nights while we were gone. But you all can correct me on that later since we've been gone for so long. But anyway, uh, these are the words of the misfit, one of the main characters in O'Connor's story. And he's an escaped convict. He and some of his friends have escaped from prison, and they encounter this family, this grandmother and her family and her kids and her grandchildren that have gone on a trip to Florida. And they have an accident on the road, and this misfit, this convict, comes upon them, uh, and they know he's about to cause harm to them. And so this grandmother, as she's, uh, as this uh, convict is telling uh, her about his life, the colorful life that he's lived, the places that he's lived, the things that he's done, the places, places that he's been imprisoned, she knows that he's probably most likely about to bring some kind of harm to her and her family. And so she's pleading with him, uh, you know, please don't do this. Uh, she's encouraging him to ask Jesus for help. And that's when he says, I don't need any help. I'm doing okay by myself. And so as we think about this, this story, this, this brief excerpt from this story, uh, don't we do the same thing in our lives? We don't think we need help. Uh, we think that we are self-sufficient, that we can do things on our own. That we don't need God's help. And even if we do realize we need God's help, or if we realize we need help, where do we find it? Where do we turn to for comfort and security and support? Because I think oftentimes we turn uh, to other things for help. We turn to our own abilities. We turn to uh, our possessions or money or entertainment. Uh, whatever it is, something in this material world it is that we turn to uh, for security, uh, for comfort. And oftentimes we forget that God is our ultimate source of help. And so we look for help in the wrong places. But I think as we come to Psalm 121 this morning, it forces us to ask the question, where do we seek uh, comfort from in life? Where do we find security? Is it in the God who created us or is it in the things of this world, these things that will not last, that will not satisfy us? Where do we look to for support, for security? And oftentimes, even if we do realize that God watches over us and takes care of us, oftentimes we take his care for granted. And we forget that we need God's constant care throughout all of our lives. If God let go of us for one second, we would cease to exist. But God sustains us. He sustains his creation each and every day. He sustains us as his people. But as I said, oftentimes we look for help in the wrong places. But our psalm this morning provides a solution to that problem. As we turn our focus to, it, to the psalm, as I mentioned earlier, the writer of this psalm was most likely traveling to Jerusalem. He was traveling there uh, on a pilgrimage. Once a year, people would travel to Jerusalem, to the temple, the tabernacle, and they would come and worship God. And so he is traveling on the way, and he uh, lifts his eyes up, up to the hills, we see in verses 1 and 2. And he asks, from where does my help come? And just a little... Uh, we have to know uh, the hills in those days that this uh, psalm writer is looking up to were often filled with danger. Uh, roads were unsafe to travel in those days. Uh, there was the chance of robbers, that there were wild animals, that there were things that could harm those traveling through the hills. And so this psalm writer is asking, where does my help come from as I travel to Jerusalem? And he's saying, verse 2 emphatically, he's saying, my help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. In other words, the one who created him, the one who created all things, is this, is this psalm writer's helper. He, he's not looking uh, for help from something, from something that's going to let him down, for something that's not going to satisfy him, but he's looking to the Lord God, his creator, and, and he's confessing that he is his helper. And so we see in our psalm this morning that the Lord is our helper. He's our aid. He's our support. He's our comfort in life. 
And we'll see three things about the Lord in this, in this passage. And that is that He's a helper that's dependable, He's a helper that protects, and He's a helper that's enduring. And so let's turn to that first, first aspect of the Lord, uh, that He's a helper that's dependable. We see that in verses 3 and 4, uh, where He says, He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. And in verse 3 there, that word uh, in the Hebrew that's translated as not is typically used for commands and requests. And so uh, Derek Kidner, a, a long-time uh, Hebrew Old Testament scholar, says that you can take this verse, verse 3, as if it's a wish or a prayer. In other words, it could read, May he not let your foot be moved, may he not slumber. And so the psalmist is saying, May, may the Lord not let his foot slip, may he not slumber. And so, of course, emphatically, and in verse 4, he responds, He who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. And so, in other words, he's telling us here that the Lord is dependable. God is watching over, keeping watch over his people. He's dependable. He can be counted on. And that word that we see uh, is translated as keeps is used uh, repeatedly in this psalm. It's used some six times. And it's the Hebrew word shamar, which means that the Lord keeps. He, he watches over. He guards. He keeps close watch. Over his people, he attends to them carefully. And so what we see is that God is with us. He's dependable in all that we do. God's providence is with us. He sustains us. He sustains all that he has created. The Lord is watching over us. He's not going to sleep on the job. He's not slacking off, but he is there with us. He watches over Israel, but he also watches over us today. He watches over the church today. He watches over God's people. From all time, any time God's people have, have been around, which is from the beginning, uh, from Adam and Eve on, God is watching over them. He's dependable. He can be counted on. On September 20th, 1998, was the first time in some 16 years that Cal Ripken Jr.'s name was not penciled in the lineup for the Baltimore Orioles baseball team. Uh, from 1982 to 1998, some 16 years, Ripken played in over 2,600 straight baseball games. He didn't miss a game. He was known as the Iron Man for his dependability, his durability. And it's a record that still stands today. In fact, I can remember it being breaking news uh, on sports channels back in 98 when he was going to sit out a game because this was a big deal. For me, for basically most of all of my life, I was born in 81. Cal Ripken was playing for the Baltimore Orioles and he never missed a game. He was dependable. Uh, and this record was a testament uh, to his endurance, his, dependabil his dependability. Uh, his manager and his other players could count on him being in the game and being there uh, each and every ball game, playing shortstop and third base for the Orioles. And so he was dependable. But there's one thing about Ripken, he had to sleep. He didn't keep going all during the night. And that's what the psalmist is saying is that God does not sleep. God does not sleep. He does not slumber. And so the psalmist is saying that the Lord has a greater dependability, that we can depend on the Lord because He does not slumber. He does not sleep. He's present with us in all of our circumstances. He knows the good and the bad of our lives. He knows our individual circumstances. And so nothing ever surprises God. He governs all that comes to pass from the greatest to the least. God is watching over us. He is dependable. And as we hear this, I think oftentimes it's difficult for us to understand this, to comprehend it, because we ask the question when, when bad things happen, why does God let this happen? Why doesn't He stop it? But the psalmist assures us that even in the midst of that, even in the midst of difficulty, God is with us. He's dependable. He's watching over us, keeping His people, keeping close watch over them, even in the hard times. 
And so God is dependable. But also, he's not only a helper that's dependable, he's a helper that protects. And so as we turn our attention to verses 5 and 6, we see the psalmist, psalmist saying, that, again, the Lord is your keeper. He's the shade on your right hand. Uh, the sun, at, sun during the day shall not strike you. The moon at night shall not strike you. And so to help us understand this a little bit, we have to know a little bit about the, the ancient Near East where the psalm writer was traveling through, uh, which would be modern day, the modern day Middle East. Uh, there was always the threat of sunstroke as you travel through uh, this hot climate, much like living in the southern United States where we just experienced that recently where we had 90 plus degree days with humidity is so thick you could cut it with a knife. So uh, it, it got hot in the Near East. And so is this... Is this traveler, is this uh, psalm writer traveling south down through the Jordan Valley on the way to Jerusalem? He turns left and heads westward uh, towards Jerusalem and the sun is on his left side. And then what it does is provide shade for his right side. And so he's comparing the Lord to, to the shade on his right side. In other words, he's saying the sun shields him uh, from the sun's powerful rays. Uh, the Lord shades him from the sun's powerful rays. And that's what the Lord does to us. He shields us from greater harm. Throughout the day and also throughout the night, God is shading and watching over us. He's protecting us uh, from greater harm. The, the psalm writer here is using figurative language to make his point. But what he's saying is day and night, God is watching over us. 24 hours a day, seven days a week, God is there protecting us. He's keeping us. He's keeping guard over us. There's never a part of the day he's not there. And this is especially, I think, comforting for us to know uh, as we sleep at night. Uh, think about when we go to sleep at night, we lay down, we close our eyes, and for some seven, eight hours or more, we're a sitting target. Anything could happen to us. But God is there watching over us. He's protecting us. He's shading us from harm even as we sleep, even as we are susceptible to harm. And, in, and yes, we are still subject to the brokenness and the fallenness of this world. Uh, we, we do admit that, but it's comforting for us to know that even as we go through difficulties that God is there watching over us, He's protecting us uh, from greater harm. When, when uh, our family lived down in Alabama, in Decatur, one of our favorite advantages of the house that we lived in, the home that we lived in, was in the front yard there was a large oak tree. And in the backyard there was a large oak tree. Uh, great big probably uh, over 50 years old, each of them, and they provided shade for us. Uh, it was a problem in the wintertime in the fall when we had to rake leaves and get on the roof and blow, blow the leaves off. But in the springtime and the summer, uh, they were great to have because, as I said, it gets hot in the south, and those trees provided shade for us. It protected not only our home, but it protected us from the heat of the sun. Even at night, it gets hot at night in the south. And so what the psalmist is reminding us is that just like those oak trees protected us from greater uh, heat and, and so forth, the effects of the heat in the south, God is, is shading them. He's protecting them day and night from greater harm. There, think about it like this. God shades us, protects us from troubles during the day and, and throughout the night. And think about uh, the greater harm that he's protecting us from. We may, yes, we may face challenges. We may face uh, difficulties and have needs that we need God's help with each and every day. But think about it like this. He is protecting us and shading us from even greater harm. There are unknown dangers that we never see because God is there watching over us and protecting us day and night. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. And so He protects us. He shades us from greater harm. But not only does God protect us, but His help is also enduring. 
And we see that as we turn to the last couple of verses in this psalm, verses 7 and 8. Uh, many of you in the room here this morning uh, most likely uh, have a, a wedding band or wedding ring on your finger. Some of you do. And what does that wedding ring symbolize? It symbolizes the covenant of marriage, the promise that a husband and wife make to one another to love and to serve each other all of their lives until death do them part. It's a commitment that lasts. It's intended to last. It's enduring. It's binding from that day forward and forevermore. It's a reminder to that husband and wife the vows that they made to one another to love and support each other. And the psalmist in these last two verses is reminding us of a similar commitment, God's commitment to us, to watch over us all the days of our lives. Not just yesterday, not just today, but every day of our lives, God is watching over us. That's the promise that the psalmist gives us. He says, He will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. He will watch your, keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. God is watching over us. And so what the psalmist is doing here is he's shifting uh, the focus from his immediate circumstances, his travel to Jerusalem, but in, in extending it and expanding it to all of life, that God is there watching over him all of his life, all of his existence. God is there. He will keep you from all evil. And so we hear that he will keep you from all evil. And we ask, well, God really keep us from all evil? Because if you think, if, I think if we think about our lives, we're like, well, we experience evil. We experience difficulty. We experience sin, the effects of living in a fallen and broken world. And so the psalmist is not saying that we won't face trouble in our lives. In fact, for the reason that he has to say that the Lord is his helper, he knows that he needs help. He knows that there are things out there, uh, that there are difficulties. And even uh, the rest of Scripture attests to this. In Psalm 23, uh, says, Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil, because my God is with me. And so the Psalms and God's Word attest to that we will face troubles in this life. But the, the good thing is, the thing that we can, the co- thing that we can have confidence is, is that we can uh, not be afraid because we know that even as we go through those challenges, that God is with us. He's protecting us. He's shading us. He promises to be with us all of our lives. And so these, these last two verses of the Psalm is a pledge of commitment to, to God's enduring commitment to watch over all those who call upon the Lord, who call upon His name and trust Him in faith. And so this is, encouraging, this is encouraging for us from this time forth and forevermore for all of our lives, all of our existence. God is watching over us, those who, who look to, to Jesus. Not just one day, but each and every day, God is with us, watching over us. He promises to be with us. He promises to be with His people. His protection is enduring. It does not end. And so we have this promise from Him that He's our constant companion throughout all of life. And so why does the psalmist include this, this promise in this last stanza of the psalm, this promise from God? I think he includes it because our tendency is to, uh, to distrust God, to not trust Him, to turn to other things. When, when trouble strikes, we panic and we worry and we give in to fear and we worry, how, how am I going to get out of this? What can I do? And we turn to other things for comfort and security and we forget how God has watched over us in the past. If we think back over our lives and the ways that God has been faithful to us, it reminds us that He has been with us. And even though we have faced bad times and we have faced challenges, that God has been with us and He has seen us through them. But our faith is weak. And so we need this reminder. We need this reminder of God's pledge to be with us, not just today, not just yesterday, but each day going forward for the rest of our lives.
God is watching over us. His continual protection is with us. It is enduring. He is a helper that is dependable. He does not sleep. He does not slumber. He protects us day and night. He's shading us, watching over us, protecting us from greater harm. And He's enduring for all of our lives. God is with us, taking care of us, watching over us. And so as we hear this, this when we hear this psalm, we think, well, life is easy, right? Everything's okay. I don't have to worry about anything, right? And so we ask the question, will we never have trouble in this life? And I've already said earlier, we will face trouble in this life. Unfortunately, we do. Because we live in a world that doesn't work the way God intended it to work. But the good news for us is the psalmist lives in that same world. And so the psalmist is not writing this psalm and saying, hey, everything's just going to be okay. Trust God and you'll never have any problems. Uh, The psalmist lives in the same broken world that you and I live in each and every day. He faces the same challenges and similar challenges that we face. But he acknowledges his need of help and he confesses where that help comes from, that his help comes from the Lord. He knows that every day is not a picnic. Just as you and I know, each and every day in this world is not a picnic. And this is the same thing that Jesus, Jesus didn't promise a carefree life. And if we need proof of that, we turn to Luke chapter 21, uh, picking up at verse 11. Jesus is teaching uh, his followers, his disciples. He's saying, picking up at verse 11, he's saying there's going to be great earthquakes, famines, pestilences. In other words, things that, that, that bad things, harmful things. There will be things in this life that, that do not work right. There will be evil. Some of you will be persecuted. Some of you will be put in prison. Some of you will be delivered up by parents, friends, relatives. Some of you might even be put to death, is what Jesus says in this text. Then you will be hated, you will be persecuted for my name's sake. And so in other words, Jesus is not denying that there, will, that there won't be trouble in our lives. He's saying, yes, there will be trouble. But the good news is He promises deliverance in the end. He says, those who endure, those who remain faithful will gain your lives in verse 19. He says, by your endurance, you will gain your lives. For all eternity. And so what Jesus is doing here in, in, this, in Luke 21 is he is promising us real protection. Because see, oftentimes we think that our circumstances are our real problem. That people are our real problem. Difficult people, challenging people are our real problems. We think our circumstances and the bad things that happen to us in this life are our real problems. And I don't discount that those are not, not problems and things that we should be concerned about. But our real problem, if we really come... Uh, down to it and think about it, the worst thing that could ever happen to us in all of our lives is to be separated from God's love for all eternity. And that's what Paul knew. Paul in Romans chapter 8, he said, uh, we might face trouble, hardship, persecution, nakedness, famine, danger, sword. But there's one thing that these things cannot separate us from one thing and that's God's love to us in Jesus Christ. Nothing in all of creation can separate us from the love of God in Jesus Christ is what Paul is saying. And Paul is not uh, a man who, who lived a carefree life. If we know the story of Paul, in fact, last month we looked at Acts 14 where Paul was, was stoned and he was left for dead outside the city of Lystra. So Paul was a man who faced difficulty. He faced hardship. In 2 Corinthians 11, he, he lists some of these things. He says, I've been in prison. I've been flogged. I've been beaten. I've been stoned again. We just mentioned that. Shipwrecked. Faced hunger, danger, persecution from his own people. He was persecuted by the Jews, his own people. He was later uh, uh, 
betrayed by false brothers and so forth, faced persecution from false brothers. So Paul was a man who knew difficulty. He faced it. But in all these things, he could go forward and face them with confidence, knowing that God was with him. God was there protecting him, was watching over him throughout all of his life. And now today, Paul experiences the results of that faithfulness as he stands in God's presence forever. This day, Paul is standing in Christ's presence forever. And that same promise extends to all of us here today, to those of us who trust in Jesus Christ. Nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ. So what? So what do we do when trouble strikes? When our jobs disappoint us, when our jobs don't go the way we want them to, when people frustrate us, when we face real challenges in life, when we receive a discouraging health diagnosis, when we have a child walk away from the faith, when we struggle to believe, is the gospel really true? When we struggle to believe, when we have difficult decisions to make, when life just seems out of control and overwhelming, where do we turn to? When we struggle with a particular sin and it just won't go away, what do we turn to? Do we turn to... To other things to, to, to fill that void? Do we turn to things that will not satisfy, that will not last us? Or do we turn to the one thing that does last, and that's God? Polycarp was an early leader in the, in the church. And he faced, at the end of his life, he faced a challenge. He was arrested and, and condemned to be put to death for being a Christian. And at his execution, he was given the chance uh, to deny Christ and he would be released. So his captor said, if you can deny being a Christian, if you can deny believing and trusting in Jesus Christ, we will let you go. And this is what Polycarp said. He said, for 86 years I have served him and he never once wronged me. How then shall I blaspheme my king who has saved me? Those are powerful words of Polycarp. He was, he was faced with death and even in death he refused to deny Jesus Christ. And so he was tied to the stake and he was burned to death. And so as we hear this story, we think, how could he respond that way? What enabled him to respond this way when facing such danger, such evil? He knew that the Lord was his helper. For 86 years, he said, God had been faithful to him. He was dependable as he watched over him. Day and night, he was watching over him. He protected him. He endured with him throughout all of his life. And he knew because of this fact, because of the Lord being his helper, and he had been faithful to him, he had watched over him, he knew that he could face death knowing that God was with him and that he would deliver him in the end. That nothing, as Paul said, could separate him from the love of God in Christ. But not only did Polycarp know the words of Psalm 121, there was another who knew these words very well, and that was Jesus himself. Jesus knew the truth of Psalm 121. Remember, Jesus was an Israelite from the tribe of Judah. He prayed these same psalms. He grew up knowing these psalms. All 150 of them, Jesus knew. And as he went to the cross, he was reminded that God was his helper because he knew that God was with him. Even as he faced persecution, even as he faced death and rejection by his friends, and even as he faced death, he knew that God was with him. You see, Jesus lived in the same world that you and I live in. He experienced the same temptations and the same challenges that we face each and every day. He was tempted by Satan. He was rejected by his own friends. He suffered for our sake. And he knew through all of this, through all of the difficulties that he encountered in life, he knew that God was dependable, that God was watching over, protecting him day and night in all things. And he endured 
and raised Jesus from the dead in the end. After three days after his death, Jesus was raised from the dead. And so Jesus wasn't promised a carefree life, and neither should we. We should not expect a carefree life just because we trust in Jesus. Jesus trusted in God, and He didn't have a carefree life. He suffered and died for our sake. And so we should not expect life to be easy. We're going to experience trouble. We're going to experience hardship. But the question that we have to ask ourselves, as I said in the beginning this morning, is who are we going to turn to or what are we going to turn to when trouble strikes? Are we going to turn to our possessions? Are we going to turn to money or something else? We're going to turn to our own abilities? Uh, just as uh, the misfit said he was doing okay on his own in the story I told at the beginning. Are we going to turn to the Lord, the one the psalm writer turned to, the one that Paul turned to, the one that Polycarp turned to, and ultimately the one that Christ turned to and entrusted his, his life to, and that was God the Father. He knew that the Lord was his helper, the creator of heaven and earth. He knew he was dependable, that he never slept. He was the shade at his right hand. He was enduring as he watched over him all of his life. And we, even as Jesus had these same promises to him, we have these same promises extended to us as God's people, those of us who trust in Jesus. And so, we will face troubles in this world, but we can face troubles with confidence. Confidence knowing that Jesus is with us. Even in the pain that we're currently experiencing, we can know that, that God is using this to push us towards Him, to trust in Him and to rely upon Him. That He is our helper. He is our comfort. He is our eternal security. That nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ. And so Jesus did not give up. And neither should we. As we face trials and challenges in this life, we should not give up knowing that Jesus endured to the end, that God protected him and raised him from the dead to new life. And that same promise extends to us that we will be raised from the dead one day, those of us who trust in Christ Jesus when Jesus returns. God promises to be our helper, our comfort in life. And so as we face the challenges each and every day of life in this world, we can... We can go forward with them in these, in these challenges with confidence knowing that God will be with us, that He is our helper and He is our eternal comfort and security. Let's pray now. Father, we thank You for Your Word this morning. We thank You for the truth that it reveals. We thank You for the comfort that it brings to us. That even though we face trials and challenges, pain, hardship, disappointment in this life, that there is hope, there is the promise that you are with us throughout all of this and you allow us to endure it. You shade us and protect us from greater harm, Lord, and we thank you for your grace in that. But ultimately, Lord, we thank you for your grace to us in Christ, that our eternal hope and security comes through trusting in him and not in these things that will not satisfy, that will not last. And so, Lord, enable us to believe and trust and turn to you to trust in Christ. In his name we pray. Amen.